0: You're listening to audio from Norwest Anglican. If you'd like to find out more about us, visit norwest.org. Well, g'day Norwesters and podcasters. We're back with our podcast after the holiday break and back with a new series, um, the second half of the Book of Acts, which we've picked up and kicked off uh, yesterday in our Sunday services. And I'm here with our preacher, Pete Stedman. Good morning. How are you? James, I'm... You're always here. a bit dusty. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. I'm You're present. here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Oh no! Look, I am. Um, it was so good to be back at church yesterday. I've, um, as we talked a little bit about yesterday, been away for five weeks, mm. and um, uh, just to be back opening God's word with God's people, whom I know and love here, is always such a joy. So, it's yeah. a great, great
0: day and delightful to know the people. You know, listen to the podcast and have this desire to be um, digging deeper in God's word. Yeah, so, those it. of you who are listening, we, we enjoy and count it a privilege to be able to share with you a bit more about what we've been preaching. Mm. Um, so we kicked off the series, uh, we're calling it Boldly and Without Hindrance because that comes from that last section, last little bit of uh, the Book of Acts where Paul's in how, under house arrest in Rome mm-hmm. and still, yet still preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as we were kind of talking about it yesterday, one of the things that struck me is that as you read the Book of Acts, certainly there's a lot of boldness, um, but there does seem to be a lot of hindrance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and so the without hindrance kind of feels a bit strange yeah. given the fact that there's so much persecution um, there's so much resistance mm. and opposition. Um, so, do you want to unpack a little bit more what we mean by "without hindrance" when yeah. there is so much hindrance? When, yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so
1: obviously, the, uh, the
0: the heading of the series
1: comes from the last four words of the whole book of Acts, Acts 28. Let me just read 30 and 31, uh, which says this: For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Mm. So uh, it comes from there. And the reality is Paul is hindered because Paul's under house arrest. He's not free to come and go. He's probably in chains. Um, and yet uh, he's unhindered that people can come and see him. And in a sense, the word of God is unhindered despite uh, the circumstance he's in, despite the fact that he's under house arrest, he's able to speak boldly and God's word goes forth. God's purposes come to pass despite the personal circumstances of his people. Mm. And and so I I think the heading's actually picking up two levels. Often from a human perspective, we feel we are hindered in life. We're hindered by our culture. We're hindered by our own sin. We're hindered by our lack of courage. We're hindered by contexts that we find ourselves in. Mm. But God's not uh, hindered Mm. and God's word is not uh, hindered. It's Mm. not chained. Mm. It always rolls forth and we find great rest and great comfort in knowing that despite our sense of feeling hindered, he is not.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, I mean, we should expect that in the book of Acts because um, Jesus, when he, uh, in the beginning first chapter, he says to the disciples, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in mm. Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the, it is a promise that they will receive power for yeah. mission yeah. and they will be his witnesses. That's it's, right. It's going to happen. It's going to
1: happen. And, and God... God will direct his mission. Mm. God will direct his mission. They will receive the spirit of the Lord Jesus. They will continue to speak of all Jesus said and did. Yeah. Um, and they will witness to him.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I think came out from yesterday is um, we kind of re- refreshed ourselves. We were up to an axe with the persecution in Jerusalem and then it's that that line um, that says those... Uh, there's a scattering of the church out of Jerusalem and it says those who have been scattered, preach the word wherever they went. Mm, and so you kind of go, aha, mm-hmm. you, you will be my witnesses wherever you go. And mm. so you're already getting a, 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 an indicator that, yeah, yeah the, I mean, this horrible thing, as you said, the disaster of the church mm. being persecuted mm. and scattered um, is actually the way in which God is going to drive mm. the mission which is, out. Which with. is
1: remarkable, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, we're, we're very binary in our thinking if something's terrible, God's not of it if something's mm. great of course God's there and what acts and what the whole Bible and what Jesus death and resurrection shows us that actually in the midst of the worst trauma our God seems to be doing his mm. finest work mm. Um, mm. so it's yeah it's a lot yeah reminder. and then
0: and so I think that that was pretty evident in this um, really quirky chapter of chapter eight where mm-hmm. you've got you know Simon the sorcerer with his kind of weird stuff about trying to buy the Holy Spirit and um, but there was a great question came up at Chapel Lane from one of our youth just a really thoughtful reader, which I, I love actually yeah. paying attention to uh, what, what God's saying in his word. And he picked up on the the delay of the spirit um, upon the Samaritans. So they they believe and they're baptised and they don't yet receive the spirit. And he picked up that sense of, well, that seems different to what other parts of the Bible said where you believe and you receive the spirit mm. and certainly what he's been taught in his experience. Mm. Um yeah, and uh, so thoughts on, thoughts on that? We can chat a little bit more about how we kind of engage with yeah. that because that is different.
1: Yeah, it is. So, it's, yeah, that, so um, Sam was picking up uh, chapter 8, verse 14, uh, which says, when the apostles in Jerusalem, so this is where the, the mother church was, you know, that's where the church has started. The spirit has fallen on the apostles uh, and, and the believers in Jerusalem. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. That's significant. Mm. We'll come back to it. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. The question is, well, hang on, how can you be a believer and not have the Holy mm. Spirit? That was Sam's question. Verse 16, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm. Then Peter and John placed their hands. And that's really odd. Um, and it leads to some to believe that there is... Um, uh, a second blessing of the Spirit and that you are baptised into Christ but then you receive the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit mm, at a later mm, time, mm. Uh, which which I don't believe is what the Scriptures teach. Now, um, the reason Sam uh, finds that unusual is essentially because of what Acts 2 says in, chap- in verses 38 mm. and 39 where actually the giving of the Spirit is concurrent with repenting and believing in the good news. So I'll just read that. Mm. Uh, it's the end of uh, Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit comes uh, Peter stands before the crowd, uh, all the fellow Jews who were in Jerusalem uh, at that time. And he says this. Uh, so verse 37, the people hear, hear Peter's sermon. They're cut to the heart. They say to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and for the forgiveness of your sins. Now listen to this. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises for you and for your children, all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So there, it, it, it's, it seems to be one event that actually if you repent and believe, you'll receive the spirit. But in uh, Acts 8, um, and it's one of the only places mm. that those two things are separated, it's a secondary thing. So what's going on? Uh, James, you've done a lot of work in this uh, many years ago mm. now, but let, let me give my thoughts and then mm. I'd love for, for your input here as well. My understanding is uh, what we are seeing is the spread of the gospel go from Jews to Gentiles and the middle category are the Samaritans, the people of Samaria. Mm, mm. And the people, And Samaritans were seen as unclean half-Jews.
0: Half-caste heretics.
1: Half-caste heretics, yeah. outside of the yeah. promises of God, those mm. who have walked away, a uh, mm. whole bunch of things, which is why, as I said yesterday, when the, there is so much power in the parable of the good Samaritan mm. because the person who actually helps the man who's mm. beaten is one of these half-caste, mm. unclean Samaritans. Mm. That's the power of it, right? Mm. So we need to have, there should be no doubt in our minds that Samaritans are really on the nose. And it seems that what's going on here is the gospel is going even to Samaritans, but actually that is such a significant game changer for the Jews to understand and for the Christian Jews in Jerusalem mm. to understand that there is a pause given between They're repenting and the spirit being given, which then draws down the eldership from the Jerusalem church, which is Peter and John. Peter and John, the two
0: big apostles. Two big apostles who come
1: down. They witness it with their own eyes. In a sense, they need to witness it with Mm. their own eyes so they can then go back with their voice, position and responsibility Mm. that they have in the mother church to say, we have seen this. This is authentic. Mm. The gospel is going even to Samaritans. Mm. Mm. So that's my understanding of yeah, why it I think it's y-
0: your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think even if you look just at the verse, um, there's a Luke as he writes is is telling us it's unusual. <laughs> yes, it's, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptised in the Lord Jesus. So the fact that he highlights and draws that out is not to say, here's the normal model. That's anomalous, right? Um, is this, this is unusual. Yeah. Um, and so he's trying to explain that. And absolutely, as you say, that Peter and John, as you've read in the opening chapters of Acts, it's Peter and John, Peter and John, they're the ones who are before the Sanhedrin and so on. Um, and, and so that those two who are the kind of big voices and authorities mm. come down to confirm. And as you as you say, like the, the whole sense of location, we highlight that it is Samaria, so that our eyes are drawn to that. To first fourteen of, mentions Samaria yeah, twice. Luke yep. saying, "Hey, remember this is Samaria with Samaritans, right?" Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think so. so you're getting that um, as the gospel breaks out from Jerusalem and Judea into Samaria. The church needs to be kind of taught <laughs> yeah. that this is okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's confirmed for me as well with um, in chapters ten and eleven yes. when Peter goes. Um, to Cornelius, first yes. of all, he needs a dream. It's the same thing. Yeah, he needs yeah. a dream from God to teach him that this is okay yeah. to go and spend time with Gentiles. Um, and then when he um, he preaches and uh, he doesn't even get to finish his sermon, but the Holy Spirit falls on them and they they repent and believe. Um, and then he's called up to Jerusalem to ex- to explain. The the elders in the church are saying, "What are you doing eating yes. with Gentiles?" He then tells his story um, and he gets to. Um, uh, he gets to,
1: yes, gets to
0: uh, verse 18 and he says, um, yeah. verse 17, so if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? So saying this is the work of God yeah. and then this is... Subtly rebuking
1: yeah. those who are questioning yeah, him. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then they say, when they heard this, they had no further objections yeah. and praised God saying, so then even... To Gentiles, God has granted the repentance that leads yeah, to life, yeah, and yeah. so it's you see there both the yeah great that's exciting, but even in their comment, there's like oh wow even the Gentiles, yeah. and so what we are seeing is this, as the ethnic boundaries and the gospel moves through the ethnic boundaries, um, the church keeps needing to be taught and reminded uh, of what's going on and what the God's are in it, and yeah, and I think that's entirely right, and so what we're seeing in
1: Acts eight. Is then essentially repeated with a different ethnic group yeah. in ten and eleven. Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah, I think that's exactly. Right. Yeah, um, yeah okay. that's a great question, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it, it showed really close reading fantastic. by one of our youngest people. So yeah. it's superb. And I guess one of the things that it highlights is sort of on the bigger scale, is as we read the um, the book of the world of the book of Acts feels very different to the world of the hills. Mm. Um, and so you know you see um, I mean there's persecution, but there's this kind of bold outbreaking, and we think about our lives in the hills kind of feel like, well, we're just plodding along sometimes Mm. doing our thing. Mm. Um, Any comments on that kind of, we feel a bit of that, that um, just, you know, disconnection, if you like, um, between those two. And how do we kind of bring the world of Acts into the world of the hills? Yeah.
1: It's an interesting comment. That sort of question came up a number of times throughout the day, but also just in some one-on-one conversations I had with people. Um, Yeah. and, And let's be clear. This is a, The book of Acts is a very unique time in salvation Mm. history. God Mm. is doing remarkable things for the first time. As Mm. I said, uh, the the book of Acts tells the story of the birth and childhood of Christianity, Mm. and so the Holy Spirit is given for the first time. People are coming to see who the Lord is Mm. and how Jesus fits with Judaism for the first time. Mm. The gospel is spreading out to the nations sequentially and through ethnic Mm. barriers for the first time. So we do live in a different time, and yet we are – the promises made to the apostles stand today. As I said, our God is no less concerned for the church of the 21st century than the first century. And He is still at work, uh, seeing his gospel, the hope of life mm. eternal sins forgiven mm. go to the ends of the earth. Um, so how do we hold those two things together? Mm. Uh, well, I, I think, I mean, some questions came up around persecution today and mm. I was asked on the deck about that. You know, these guys have significant persecution. We don't. Uh, and my answer is, to that is always – no, that's true. And I Mm -hmm. think we want to be careful about conflating difficulties we have with Mm -hmm. first century persecution. And yet um, I think (laughs) the more that you – the more you are overtly Christian in our world, the more persecution you will feel. Mm -hmm. And so the reason in the first century, one of the reasons that persecution is so strong is because the lives of the Christians are so overtly for Christ – Whereas our lives, James, my life, if I'm frank, is so often um, just like my neighbours, mm. um, and different around the edges, and actually different at the core. But do, does do all in my street know that I'm significantly different for the way I live, mm. for the, the way I think, for the way I, mm. you know, raise my family? Mm. Um, some do, of course. Mm. Um, some don't. And so, uh, I, so yeah, different historical context, and yet I think. Sometimes we ha- we have acquiesced to the the culture around us, to the comfort of our culture, to the idols of our culture, mm. um, the idols of you know education and setting our children up with uh, happiness and a home and mm. whatever it might be, mm. um, which actually um, make us much more similar to the world than to those who have been transformed to live the living God.
0: Yeah, and I guess the you know there's a sense in which our culture is sort of generally Christianized, um, mm-hmm. and so you, a lot of the way we want to live, you know, go to church and things like that are, are, is generally okay in our culture. So it's not like you're – Yeah, you don't like, get a hard time for that. It's not you? like some parts of the world where actually to go into a church building is to make um, a statement or to get baptised is to make an overt statement against the cultural setting that you're in. No
1: one in Australia has been kicked out of their family mm. because they're baptised. Yeah. or Whereas yeah. that happens all around the world.
0: Yeah. I remember you giving the example in the sermon about, you know, imagine kind of trying to unpack it for us. It would mean that persecution would mean, you know, our bishop got arrested and we all had to jump in there. And I was thinking about it in our context, you know, driving to our in-laws which are outside Sydney and and I, I turned to my son who plays rep football and I, and I said, imagine if you were kicked out of the team because you were a Christian. he go, that would be so unfair. Mm. And I said, that's exactly what the, you know, they give a kind of grounding of what obviously what the church was experiencing, much yeah. worse than that, but that sense of just complete injustice purely because you-, you And no recourse, right? No, that's right. No, to kind of hang on, that's if you're not allowed to do that. Those, They just don't care. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think that, um, I mean, I, often I think about when we think about just feeling that sense of complacency or being kind of, um, uh, kind of, yeah, just sort of very comfortable with where we're at. I, I wonder how often in our conversations and as we do life with our neighbours and stuff, the name of Jesus comes up. Because I think it's, It's generally okay still to say I believe in God or I'm a spiritual person or I go to church. Um, When you start talking about Jesus. Much more personal. It's much more personal. And offensive. Yeah, or just really quite um, pointed and direct and clearing. And so I guess that would be something as we reflect on it as a whole church, just think about do an audit this week and think Mm. of of how often – um, if you feel like you don't stand out, you feel like you're very complacent, how often does Jesus come up in your conversations? Do you talk about Jesus?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was sitting there at Chapel Lane just thinking about this question. You know, the funny other questions people ask. Uh, even in your prep, you just can't get across them all. So, so even on the day you're being pushed. And I just wondered how often are people at Norwest uncomfortable in their lives because of their love for Jesus? Mm. And my guess is... Really? Yeah. And I wondered then, could I preach, next to my preach, and and I think I got to the answer being no, I, sh- <laughs> I shouldn't do this, so I can say it here. Um, could I preach and actually call people to seek out one uncomfortable moment a week mm. that's not normally there and not, not because we're masochists. Yeah. But an, an one uncomfortable moment a week for the Lord. Maybe it's saying maybe it's letting someone know at work for the first time. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Maybe it's saying to someone, Hey, I prayed for you about this thing. Mm, mm. Um But just you know, just mm. things thinking to myself, could I actually push people to to actually take that step out, you know? Mm, mm. A- and then I thought, probably not. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I don't I'm, know, I, I, yeah, I wonder I don't what know. you're worth
0: worth resting with. Because yeah. I think it is that little bit, okay, I'm gonna push push into an area push the kingdom into an area that, that hasn't yeah. you know
1: and it came for me James out of all these questions we're so comfortable we're so comfortable we're mm. so comfortable so I'm thinking okay yeah we are comfortable what are we gonna do about that are um, we actually willing to be uncomfortable yeah. for our Lord um
0: yeah. are we are we we happy just asking the question yes. and going well because we've asked the question yeah. you know yeah. uh then then that's okay. Yeah. Or we're actually um willing to really push it. Yeah, yeah. anyway that's that's an embryonic thought so yeah. what's this space? Yeah. <laughs> um okay so to kind of finish up I wanted to just as we've been Listening yesterday, we've been thinking, um, and you made a really helpful point about often we when we see the disaster around us, and we think therefore God's not at work, God's absent. Um, one of the things that struck me was it feels a little bit like in the Book of Acts that's true that God's still at work even when the disaster, but but really only in a kind of evangelistic, missional sense. Mm. And I wonder if is there any any word to those those um, who are struggling with just life you know, whether it's mental health or it's their own health or relationships. And so the struggle isn't persecution, but it's actually I'm finding just doing life difficult. And I feel, and in that situation, people feel like, is God with me, God absent? Does Acts have anything to say to that or is it more, Acts is more thinking kind of evangelism is the kind of where God's at work. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So let me answer and see if it has made <laughs> sense <laughs> because I, it depends what, what I answer. Um, look, we need to keep in mind that the book of Acts is telling the story of the spread of the church. Mm, so it's, mm. it, it's a significantly evangelistic uh, piece of writing mm. in nature. Uh, it's about the, the gospel rolling forth and, and the, the establishment and growth of the early church, mm. um, which helps us understand where, where we are today. Um, but to think it's only that uh, yeah. is um, reductionistic and mistaken. Um, and to think that actually God is only working through the hard times Uh, To think that God is only in the hard times working for the growth of the church and not in individuals would be mistaken as Mm. well. Because Mm. if you just take a step back and look at the Apostle Paul, from chapter 9 to chapter 28, you see a massive change in him, Mm. not just in what he does, i.e. evangelistic endeavours, but actually in him where he moves from breathing murderous threats for giving his very life for God's people. Mm. And one of the things I love, in, is it Acts 20 with the Ephesian elders? I think mm. I'm preaching mm. on that. I just love that because it is a model of how to pastor people. And mm. if you compare that back to what he's like yeah, early yeah, on, yeah. he is a fundamentally different creature. Yeah. Um, so God has his plans and purposes for his glory, for his, for his own glory, for his mm. own name, for his church, for his world. But it's not like we're pawns on a chessboard being moved mm. around for that. Mm. Now, God is much more integrated relationally mm. with us than that. We are his mm. children. We mm. are his heirs. He adores us mm. and he is growing us. Mm. And um, so at the same time I want to say that he's doing his work for his name, for his glory, for his church, mm. he's actually at the very same time doing a work in us. And, and I, just, I got a text yesterday from someone sitting at home. They were unwell and said, I'm at home with a mild cold, not going to go out in public without a mask and a bell crying out unclean, which seems a bit, a bit over the top, but anyway. Um, loved the sermon today. Loved your summary of Acts. A point of interest is something that you pointed out many years ago. Okay, I have no memory of this. Yeah. Um, but he said that persecution not only spreads the word outwards to others but increases the number and quality of the home church members and their witness.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I have no memory of saying that. Mm. Um, sounds good though. It does sound oh, yeah, good, yeah. so I think I'll claim it. Um, <laughs> it's probably you that said it, James. Um, I think that's what persecution does. I think actually sharpens it and sharpens and deepens Well, that's what you.
0: Peter says in 1 Peter, you know, that your your faith, which is of great worth, will be proven refined. and refined yeah, and a, right. that God is with you in that. Um, I wonder also part of the answer in Acts is um, hard times come, you know, in chapter 6 when the church is growing and then the, the widows from a Greek background mm. are complaining that they're being overlooked um, and there's sort of a bit of racial divide there. Mm. And the way in which God, you know, works through his apostles is to raise up people to make sure that distribution is carried out well. Mm. And so I wonder sometimes we actually, we we look to the brothers and sisters around us, be part of the way God comforts and provides. Um, And so people talk about, you know, in difficult times, it's been the blessing of having brothers and sisters around them and encouraging them and Mm. help carrying the load for them, praying for them and so on. That actually is part of the way God sustains and comforts and, experience the blessing and the mm. growth in in the midst of the difficult times.
1: Yeah, it's not always the miraculous, the chains no. falling off in prison. Yeah. In fact, it's rarely the miraculous, the chains That's falling right. off in prison. That's right. God, of course, can do that and yeah. does do that. Um, no, but sometimes we are the answer mm. to someone else's prayer. Yeah, yeah. It's that word. You know, it's funny. I was at church, Oh, what was it, six months ago, and there's a lady at the West who is off and on, but I just love her. I just love her. She's she's so great. Anyway, she was at church without a husband because she finds it hard to come and he's not always around. Um, But she left early. And as she left early, I was up the back where I'm prone to be and I just tapped on the glass and and waved at her. And she looked at me and waved back and kept walking. And she rang me the next day just to say, hey, I just wanted to thank you for saying hi. I was Mm. all, what? I I just tapped on the glass and waved. She said, it meant the world to me. And Mm. I thought, oh, man, Mm. the little things we do. That actually, sometimes just me, like it's just so simple. Yeah, you know, we don't even yeah. think about it, but actually minister to one another mm. in ways profound, ways that we can't even see. Mm, mm, um, mm. Oh no, absolutely. That God is God. God does does that yeah, to us through His people. Yeah, yeah, through His people.
0: So I mean, that's I, I love that we as a church are going through the second half of Acts, and it's not um, just something where it's a lecture. You know, each week and write down some contents, but we're actually wrestling with it together. Um, Our question and comments time is really great, um, this podcast as well. Um, So looking forward to seeing what God does amongst us and each of us um, over the coming term. And so uh, please make sure that you are subscribing on your podcaster of choice so you don't miss any uh, new episodes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you either in the room on Sunday or uh, on the stream. God bless you and see you later. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you found this resource helpful, we encourage you to connect with us at norwest.org.